Build the ultimate collection with Topps Kick, the official digital collectibles app of the UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Europa League, Bundesliga, and Major League Soccer. Collect and trade your favorite players for football fans around the globe. Build a squad of world-class players to compete in real-time fantasy content. The app has new packs available featuring brand new cards, original artwork, and classic tops designs. Complete sets to earn collectible awards, and you gotta combine your common cards to level up those bad boys. Tops Kick 23 is available worldwide, and it's free, so you might as well just download in the Google Play Store or on the App Store, people. Start collecting today. What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 88. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? Oh, Alex, I'm I'm not doing so well. I, I'm really worried. I'm really worried. I, I think we need to put out an APB or uh, put put a face uh, of uh, Erling Holland on a milk carton somewhere because I, I can't find him. Can you? Mm, I can't no find goals. him after that derby. Oh, Erling Ooh. Holland has no goals still in 20. <laughs> 23 and yes we know he's gonna go bold but people are putting question marks who's the best um, striker in the, in the premier league no we all know it's Holland yeah. still yes, <laughs> yes, yes 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 so in that manchester derby though we had other answers and i gotta say marcus rashford is going very very bold okay he scored he scored marcus rashford has now nine Goal scored in nine consecutive matches for Man United. And home that's the record. Yeah. Home matches. It is. Since home matches. Yeah. 1959. That's the record. Yeah, that's that's insane. It is insane. And and it is, you know, you have to say this about Marcus Rashford. Uh, it's it's amazing what confidence and the support, the support and the, the, the push, I guess you could say, of a supportive manager like Eric Ten Hag. Uh, what it does for a guy like Marcus Rashford. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looks, looks at different players. Seven goals, two assists in his last seven games. I mean, come on. Yep. Um, and he was he was the difference in this one. Uh, but I, I'm going to ask you straight out because mm. they're only one point behind City now. Uh, for those that didn't watch it, right, uh, Manchester United uh, with the, what, two-minute double salvo, mm-hmm. um, 2-1 win over Manchester City in the derby. Uh, apparently for today, Manchester is red. Uh, but more importantly, Manchester City or Manchester United is one point behind Manchester City. <laughs> and I guess we can now say mm. Manchester United mm. are title contenders. <laughs> Do you think Man City is going to end up behind Manchester United, Britain? I do not. No, ah, I do not. And no. Arsenal now. Arsenal now yeah. are the real, real title favorites after yeah. this result. Man United doing favors. And Eric Ten Hag, I got to say, six months yeah. in charge, and he's beaten Conte. He's beaten Guardiola. He's beaten Arteta. Mm. Eric mm-hmm. Ten Hag is showing up real results for Man United. And I got to say, too, transfers that Man United have done with Eric Ten Hag the majority are done right. Casemiro, Malasia, Eriksen, Lisandro Martinez, and now yeah. even this loan of Veghorst, okay? For three million, they get a striker for six months, and then they can sign the likes <laughs> of Harry Kane, which is very bold. I got to mention more ahead. Ozime, and let's imagine Chesco. I saw that news. So yeah. let's see. Let's see. They need uh, that striker. They- 
They they better buy a call on Victor Osimhen because that man's uh, market <laughs> value is skyrocketing at the moment with what True. he did. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. listen, it, it, for 60, 70 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. United looked pretty bright, but Manchester City had this kind of not on lock right but mm-hmm. but they were they were the more dominant team they had the possession they had i guess you could say they had the better chances hell they got a goal from jack grealish's head because he can't <laughs> score one with his foot right they got a kevin de bruyne a beautiful just nice little chip over the top and boom right onto grealish's head there was nothing they could do to stop that and here we thought manchester city's got this on lock even without erling holland uh even in the picture for the most part. It's, it's true. Um, it's true. And how and, sad for Grealish, man. Like, Grealish yeah. scores this best moment for Man City, yeah. okay? This, this, it's scoring against Man United. And it's the first time, too, since that Man United have suffered a goal at home since September. That that shows, wow. too, what Eric Tenag is doing. And Casemiro, since he started playing, the total change. But, yeah, Grealish, like... Insulting Almiron, and now this happening to him, and his when he scores <laughs> such an iconic goal, it's 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 really bad. And during the week too, man, Man City uh-huh. this summer bought Holland, Alvarez, great deals, but Calvin Phillips too, and they sold yep. Romeo Lavier, okay, to Southampton, and he showed up against Man City, and that was a mistake, clear mistake yeah. that he was on loan well, with Company at Anderlecht when he was 16. Remember yeah. his name, Romeo Lavic. What a player. Brother oh, player yeah. He's part that. of that Anderlecht, uh, Anderlecht build. I mean, they've got so many that come out of How? their club Bruges. I love it. I love Belgium in general. How but did that happen? Here's, it's crazy. I've, you know, it's the same thing. Something similar is happening with club Bruges right now. Noah Mbamba, who's another defensive mid, center back type of uh, hybrid uh, that everybody's pretty high on, although a lot of people want to say he's overrated now because he's moving on. Mm. Uh, he's doing a similar move now to Bayer Leverkusen, right? Mm. Uh, so Romeo Lavia um, just kind of said, I need to move on. And and he, he got it done. He believed in himself. Mm. And now he's balling out of Southampton. But listen, back to the back to the thing at hand. It's like this is a no good, very bad week for Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. I mean, they're just they're just waiting for the Champions League to come back. Because as it stands, based on some quotes coming from Guardiola, mm-hmm. he feels like, you know, while the Premier League is still very much to be fought for, mm-hmm. he still feels like, no, it's Champions League. That's all we want. Which which was always the goal to begin with. But when it comes down to it, they lost to Southampton, got bucked from the Carabao Cup. Okay, not a big, you know, priority for Manchester City, even though they've won it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get beaten in the Manchester Derby. You know the last time they lost two consecutive games? October 2021. Ooh. It was also them getting, you know, booted out of the Carabao Cup by West Ham at that time. And then they lost to Crystal Palace. But losing to Crystal Palace is, you know, that hits a little different. That's a fluky type of thing. This was Manchester United scoring two goals in two minutes and then, you know, making sure that they close the game out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to see this type of life in your bitter rival. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. It's true. Um, and, and two, like, Foden didn't show up big time. And nope. the player I want to say that showed up for Man City was João Cancel. João Cancel played much better at left back and he showed real threats. But Ruben Dias is not available and not until February when Champions League kicks in. And I love that you said that. Pep Guardiola even said that other teams are likely to win the Premier League, not Man City. Yeah. He quoted this today and that shows 
just how bold Alex Ferguson went in the past, winning the treble, which included a Champions League and a Premier League. That's so, so difficult. And Christian Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or for a reason. I think he's the last player yeah. in the Prem to have, to have won the, the award too. So, it's yeah. historic. And if Holland, <laughs> next season, let's imagine, because mm -hmm. Pep Guardiola is saying it's so difficult. If next season Holland wins the Prem and the Champions League, Holland gets the Ballon d'Or. Because that's the pressure that, that and that's the moment, the moment that he'll turn up and he'll deserve that reward. And you got to win the titles. <laughs> so, um, that's I'm, what you said, I, I think. And like Tottenham, man. Are they getting, like, the yeah. Qatar investment from PSG? Newcastle, big investment. Wolves even have investment, too. Like, they get Sarabia, let Mario Lemina. They're making moves. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy yeah. to me, the level of competition now. So, Man City, in this Manchester derby, it was very hard. And United, you, that Anthony replacement. I was thinking to yeah. myself... Look at this bench of Man United. You got Anthony. You got Martinez. Maguire's even on the bench. The, the amount of options that the club have. Sancho's not playing. They've spent with Maguire, Sancho, Anthony, and Bissaka close to like 300 million with four players. That's what Man United can do. But with Eric Ten Hag, yeah. they seem smarter. So <laughs> I just wanted to They say, do. Yeah. They do. They seem smarter. They seem more, more cohesive. I mean, just in the nature of their pressing everybody seems like they're talking to each other like Thanks. they know where they're supposed to be it just everything just seemed more organized now at some point mm -hmm. the longer you play against eric ten hog teams it's not as if he was like mm -hmm. virtually uh unbeatable at ajax right the True. more you play against ten hog teams the more you kind of learn how to break them down and i'm sure it's only a matter of time maybe before united slows down some uh but when you have wild cards right mm -hmm. now that are not a hundred and whatever five million Jaden Sancho sitting nowhere even close to the bench <laughs> nowadays. Instead, it's Alejandro Garnacho coming oh, off the bench and and literally being the spark plug that was needed. And I just need to highlight that play because this is an 18-year-old mm -hmm. on a counter making this play where he runs back on, he he tries to remain even right whereas if you're out of sync as a team mm -hmm. he would have been called offside right then and there right for, on that second goal garnacho stayed even he gets um he gets in into the penalty area he turns nathan ake he sends across across it's blocked the first time i forget by who comes right back to him he faints one way goes straight to the end line and then literally just passes it to rashford who knocks it home mm -hmm. uh past ederson it was a beautiful play that's made even more beautiful by the fact that Garnacho is 18 years old. True. 18 years old. And, and he has been nothing but a Kickstarter for this team when coming on in any situation. And I'm sitting there this whole time going like, how many subs did Pep Guardiola use? Where was Julian Alvarez in the last 10 minutes? True. True. Fatigued. <laughs> After the World Cup. The World Cup didn't help Man City, as it seems. I'm sure, and, but And, and man. now you see this, man, with Man United. Players that are more motivated than ever, as it seems. Casemiro wants a big redemption after we've seen with Brazil. Sure. Like, I, 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 and Garnacho wasn't even called up 
That's the motivation yeah. after he sees his home nation doing what they did. And Alejandro Garnacho, with the tenacity, the flair that he has at just 18, he became yeah. the youngest player to assist in a Manchester derby. Garnacho. So he's going to be the future of Argentina. Hopefully playing with Messi soon. <laughs> he has well, played in training, so it's... Argentina. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Yeah. And yet every everyone would rather keep the narrative going that, you know, it's Cristiano Ronaldo that is uh that are his huggies, right? He's got Cristiano Ronaldo um boxers, <laughs> I guess you call it. It's Boxer briefs. It's his idol. I mean it oh, is that what it is? I, I don't know the brand. They don't sell the brand here, right? <laughs> they do, um they do. <laughs> but do they they I have not seen it. I don't where do I have to buy it? Target? Like Cristiano.com? I think it's Cristiano.com. I'm, uh, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. But let's see. Let's see. But yeah, it's All right. Well, 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 listen. I, you asked me the question, and mm -hmm. I, have to, I have to throw it right back to you. Mm. Can Manchester United uh, pip Manchester City and go into second? Um, do you think that momentum is going to carry on, or do you think City is going to come back with a vengeance? I think our, uh, Arsenal finished first, Man City second, and the third place, I'm edging Man United. And I could see now okay. Newcastle being fourth, legitimately, because yeah. Liverpool didn't turn up against Brighton. And I just want to <sighs> say last thing too, man. There was a reason why in the past, Marcus Rashford wasn't happy at Man United, but PSG with Mbappe, they wanted him. And he became now the player to score in seven consecutive matches for Man United. And he's the first since Cristiano Ronaldo to do just that. So peak Marcus Rashford right now. And tell us, people, in the comment section, who should Man United get in the summer for the striker position? We want to know mm. your thoughts on that. Well, so, yeah, well yeah. One, one, one last thing. I feel like, you know, we said he's got nine goal involvements in his last seven games. I feel like he should get an assist on that Bruno Fernandes goal because so if, if he... Oh. If he didn't, yeah, if he didn't know, I mean, he knows the letter of the law. And the funny thing is, is everybody out there, I mean, even Tim Howard, who I admire dearly, who is the, mm -hmm. who is the studio analyst on this was saying, you know, I think that was really rather harsh. Play to the whistle, mm -hmm. Man City. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Bruno yeah. Fernandez knew exactly what was going on. Marcus Smart. Rashford knew exactly what was going on. Kyle Walker, what are you doing? You know, like you play to the whistle. It made no sense. So that's why it should stand. It was correct by the letter of the wall. Change the law. Fine. But when it comes down to it, that was a goal and it was a fair goal. And that was essentially what changed the momentum of the game. So no, that, you can. That's facts, man. Yeah. That was such a deal breaker, man. And how smart yeah. it was. Brun Fernandes, uh, Marcus Rashford. Anthony, Garnacho, they're all the focus now. And like the team, the team dynamics have changed. So yeah, it's 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 definitely different. And there's a stat too. I think Eric Ten Hag and Man United have to get rid of and just trust the youth. The last six strikers they've signed, five of them are above the age of 30. So they need to trust the next striker, next number nine, needs to be a player under the age of 30, definitely. Someone to stay. Yep long-term because they want a team to always compete with the likes of Arsenal and Man City. But tell us down oh. below your thoughts on oh. the striker's position. And I mentioned Liverpool, and yes, man, what a disaster against Brighton. And I'm saying strikers, Liverpool. Liverpool, this is, this is, a, this is so bad, and this shouldn't happen, that Liverpool, in the last yeah. five seasons, have only signed five 
midfielders. Now, now we're seeing the consequences of the bad investment in midfield at, at Liverpool. And they've gotten Gakpo. Gakpo is, the, uh, is getting a lot of attention because he was the priority uh, ahead of a midfielder yeah. like Moises Caicedo or even Alex McAllister, okay, from Brighton, that they yep. turned up against Brighton. So let's wait and see. But I think it's because of the investment. But mm. I, I, I mean, they're in eighth place. I mean, we got to give we got to give Brighton credit in this scenario. <laughs> I mean, to Serbi, uh, since the Serbi's coming in, you could have seen Graham Potter. Everyone was like, "Oh man, Brighton screwed! Brighton screwed!" They got raided by their staff. They got raided with players. They got raided in all different places. <laughs> yeah, well, the most important ones have stuck around. You want to know who the most important ones over the last five? games have been for Deserbi and Brighton mm -hmm. it's been Solly March Solly March exactly like I'm sure most people are, that are listening to this are going to go I'm sorry Solly who no who, no who is no this? he's turning right? up <laughs> no Trossard uh, too like, and no Trossard and he's probably played his last game for Brighton um I, I think just when it comes down to it you have to understand Deserbi plays and has played he played it with Sassuolo he plays a very attractive style, mm -hmm. right? A very attractive style of game. And these players have turned up for him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Solly March has been thriving. Um, he's got four goals, three assists in Brighton's last five games for them. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy that has over 250 appearances for Brighton. He literally helped them get them to the Premier League with Chris Hutton. He he then uh, was under Graham Potter and, and thrived under Graham Potter, mostly as a guy that was coming in off the bench most of the time. And now he's turned into like this veritable starter um, who, no, I'm not going to say he's one of the better players in the league, but man, there are some people that just turn up under certain managers. And I got to give credit to Sally Marsh because Liverpool, you mentioned they didn't show up or they didn't turn up. I mean, it was worse than that. <laughs> they were horrendous. I mean, some would even That's say that Jurgen that was one of Jurgen's Jurgen Klopp's, you know, worst performances, his Liverpool's worst performances under his tenure. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that Brighton's playing. And I I, I absolutely love it. And here's one thing I wanna I'm I'm getting a little bit nostalgic and um a little bit attached to a team, which I swore would never happen in the Premier League. But as far as transfer goes, as mm -hmm. far as recruitment goes, as far as the playing style goes, I mean, I love the aesthetics of their uh, their right down to their jerseys. I love that Brighton is is doing this right now, um, and I really would love to see at the end of the year that they earn themselves that European spot. I want that to happen for them. And without Graham Potter too, so they're showing yeah. that the variable is in the club, and that it's the factors in the club and i'm gonna say this Beautiful. man the fact that they, they replace graham potter with the Serbi shows that brighton they're the best team in the prem right now in recruitment in my opinion yeah. because what they, with the money that they spend and the output they have is ridiculous they sold cucurella for 60 million and they get a stupinian which is turning up big time Caicedo, everybody <laughs> wants him world cup winner McAllister and yep. uh, levi colville too what a game yep. from him. And, and a, a center back. And then you have Mati Konate, which didn't have the best game on the other end. And no, geez, no, sir. A lot of transfers, man. And the academies in the Prem, they're, 
like Levi Colville, Tino Livermento, Romeo Lavier, okay, he was transferred to Man City, but he left the academy then after. So the academies yeah. are showing a lot, a big level, a big level yeah. in England and, right now. And, and Rico Lewis, and we didn't talk yeah. about him. Like Walker yeah, played, was, but Rico Lewis has been outstanding for England. And another right back with Reese Trent, like another one to be in the discussion. Yeah. And, and and to tie it back in to, to Brighton here, Evan Ferguson has been huge for them. He had an assist. He had an assist today again. Nineteen year old, uh, I think he's an Irishman, right? An Irish striker. And <laughs> yeah. and if there's one thing Brighton's been looking for, they've been looking for an out and out nine um, that's going to allow them to kind of take a step or grow with uh, the team. But like just you were just mentioning Cucurella, right? You were mentioning um, some of these these massive uh, Ben White previous to that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these massive uh, transfers. You've got two that they're sitting on that are just absolute gold mines that are going to allow them to continue this, right? Mm-hmm. Moises Caicedo will definitely go, as you mentioned, for 50, 60 million at least. Mm-hmm. And Alexis McAllister, when he finally moves on, I mean, they, I don't think they spent more than 10 million on him. You're going to you're gonna turn him for 50, 60 million because he's a freaking World Cup champion. So Cucurella, right? Caicedo, and McAllister, more than 150 million. So Brighton yeah. showing that That's they crazy. can do elite business. I like the yeah. likes of Befica too, that we're going to mention more. But like great, great, great. This is amazing. Yeah, I have got to yeah. say, you were, you, you were calling them very early, Brighton. And I'm going to give credit with that. But changing so. <laughs> we yeah. mentioned Cucurella. We mentioned all transfers. Yeah. And oh my the, gosh. I, I'm going to say that the, the main club, in the world right now, in terms of transfers, is Todd Boyley. The attention is now <laughs> focal on Todd Boyley. And you got Nkunku confirmed. You got more yeah. than 400 million, okay, pounds in transfers. Todd Boyley definitely wants to make an impact. And Chelsea are going to be the highest spenders in two consecutive transfer windows, 100%. Aye, aye, aye. So... Yeah. What? They got, I mean, does Green Potter stay, Breton? Does this is not stay at Chelsea? If if they were smart, this season is gone, right? When it comes to the Premier League, this season is gone. Uh, if they were smart, I would stick with him as it stands. He has had he has had Graham Potter had with lesser resources, right? Uh, he has had slow starts with Brighton too. Mm. He had slow starts with Brighton. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yes, I think this goes beyond him being the manager. I think it takes a while, um, for them to pick it up. I think you could more make the argument that they were too quick to maybe get rid of Thomas Tuchel. Oh, no, fact, um, fact, fact. I'm going to say, you know, yeah, yeah, facts, facts, yeah. but it's in the but, wrong but, but timing, think, the wrong time. Right. But I think when it comes down to it, it, it it's very much, uh, Todd Bowley FC right now. This is not Chelsea. This is Todd Bowley FC. Um, because I don't think Graham Potter is driving every one of these transfers. I mean, this is, I'm going to say it. I mean, he's, Todd Bowley is certifiable right now. He is wacko. He is absolutely wacko with the amount of spending randomly. Just, it seems so random. Where's the cohesion? It, it doesn't feel like, like the majority of these make much sense. Okay. I mean, we haven't even scraped the surface of what he's done previously. They haven't even settled in before he's already brought in more competition. And if you actually, I know, I know Lewis Hall has been getting, uh, getting time. I know, you know, we're seeing a little more Carney Chukwameka, who's literally the best player for Chelsea over the last few games, right? Mm. But when it comes down to it, literally nobody's leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing in $400 million worth of talent that don't fit together. <laughs> they don't. It's true. Um, it's true. I, it's, 
it's I think you're you hit a lot of good good points right there. And I'm <sighs> gonna go first saying like it's completely Todd Boyley did the wrong decision and the wrong timing sacking Tuchel the way he did and when he did that too. Like after that Champions League defeat. Like everybody didn't expect that. Okay, yes, the losing to Dinam Zagreb. And now there's a, they're in bigger trouble. And I'm going to yeah. say, so they're signing wingers. <laughs> Chelsea are signing wingers. And yep. what, what, what's their biggest issue right now? Uh, Zakaria injured. <laughs> Kante injured. Yes, midfield. midfield. So why don't they just get a Caicedo? Why don't they do, don't just go 100% bold for Enzo and pay the 120? Because are you going to pay more than tw uh, 130? Like, not immediately? Doesn't make sense. So, yeah. in my opinion, it's a mess. I agree. And even seeing... I like the loan, okay? I think it's a smart loan, but there should yes. be an option to buy with John Felix. There's no sure. guarantees with that. And I know Chelsea have signed without an obligation to buy Kovacic, and he was on loan too. And if Sean Felix performs big time, I do believe he can stay at Chelsea, and they'll, they'll pay. If they, play, yeah. if they pay close to 100 million for Mudrik, they'll pay next, next summer for Sean Felix too. And it's so unfortunate, man. He was the best player in the first half, in my opinion, for Chelsea. And he's been uh, only 30 hours. 30 hours yeah. in London. And Graham Potter said, this guy is the player with the best technique in my club now. I might as well Absolutely. play him. But Graham yeah. Potter plays Ron Felix with a striker. He needs a target man ahead of him. And Ron Felix behind him makes proper damage. We saw Benfica with Seferovic. Seferovic yep. that scored more than 20 20 goals that season because of Jean Felix. And Befica were behind the first place seven points at the time. Seven points. Yeah. And Jean Felix well, and Brunlage went bold. So play him behind. Obama Young's there still. Broja will come yeah. back. I'd put Fofana, Breton. I'd put <sighs> Jean Felix with Fofana. Okay? Because that's the right. target, man, that Felix needs. But three matches, but man. Matches. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I don't think Fofana is the quality that they're they're looking for at this moment in time. I but think he was one that was considered for the future. He is a striker. You're right, and and I'm I'm in a complete agreement with you, Jao Felix. I mean, he showed his buttery touch. He showed. I mean, there was a lot that was really good about it. It was incredibly Shakespearean um, to see what happened uh, it, that that tough game at Craven Cottage. Mm -hmm. uh, right, that was Craven Cottage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but. But my goodness, I mean, yeah, he, he looked good. It was only a matter of time. He was going to score a goal. And then, boom, a high-footed tackle. I, any way you look at it, that's that's probably a red. Um, even though the intent was not that. Exactly. That was, uh, that was a little Simeone coming out in him. Um, but I, I think I think the rest of his loan, as short as it will be, mm -hmm. uh, should go well for Jao Felix. It's just a shame he's going to be out for the next two fixtures. Mm. Easy. You know, um, when it comes down to that, I, I believe it's three for, it's three, for a three. straight red, right? Yep. Yeah. Three. So, um, you know, when it comes down to that, again, I've got to throw credit the way, the way of Fulham. Because, my goodness, does Marco Silva uh, have them running riot on some of these teams. Like, all that used to go wrong for them in the past, um, Tim Ream why man why have you waited until 35 to have literally the best career the best season in your whole career the best you know stand out national team center back 
Yeah, and he's the captain of Fulham right now, <laughs> the sixth place team in the Premier League. Like, I, I, come on, man. It, it, it is unbelievable. Jedi Robinson, uh, Jao Polinia is still looking like possibly per value, easily, uh, maybe not easily next to Holland, but value wise, he's looking like the best signing. Mm-hmm. in the Premier League, right, for this, this particular season. Next to him. Andres Pereira. <laughs> everyone, everyone was saying, what were they calling him, preseason, preseason Ronaldo, preseason oh, oh, whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah preseason Pele, that's what it was. Preseason exactly. Pele, they were calling him, because he would score great goals in the preseason. This kid has turned up. Mm-hmm. He has turned up for them time and time again. Obviously, they didn't have Mitrovic against Chelsea, True. and they got it done, right? So there's you, just though. a – I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got a goal. He got a goal in the day. So I, I love. I don't think Fulham is going to remain mm-hmm. as cohesive. I think they're an an injury away from from something you know happening. <laughs> uh, but I do think that they should still remain top half of the table, and they're going to have just a phenomenal season because the last few seasons that they've had in the Premiership, uh, they obviously have wound up. Um, biting their nails um, and ultimately going down. So I don't want to get too far away from. No, from the no, ills no. of Chelsea, but like Fulham were, were great on the day. And, and and that needs to also be said about Brighton versus Liverpool. It also needs to be said uh, with all these phenomenal upsets this past week. It also needs to be said about Southampton versus Manchester City. Uh, you know, Pep, Pep's boys laid a turd, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. on the day. But also Southampton played much, much better than the turd that they normally are. <laughs> right. I mean, they they played phenomenally and then they're following it up. They followed it up over the weekend uh, because James Ward Prowse is still one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Fuck. Um, Fuck. So I, I just I love these types of weeks and, and I love that the Premier League is not as easy as Todd Bowley coming in and saying, I'm going to buy every freaking person imaginable, put them on the field, and it'll just work out. It doesn't work like that. But when it Chelsea, doesn't work like But when Chelsea have no injuries, I'm going to say this, yeah. man. Their team is going to be a madness, man. And next summer, man, in September, Chelsea, man, if Joe Felix stays, you got like Reese James back. And Kunku there. A striker will be there too. Midfielders yeah. will be signed this summer. So I can't yeah. wait to see. Okay, 400 million until now. But still, Todd Boyley doesn't and care. He just doesn't and care. And 100 million, they're trying to uh, steal Mikhailo Mudrik away from Arsenal. It's- Arsenal this whole time is just sitting there going like, What? <laughs> But, What's happening? But you pointed out on something I really want to say too, man. I agree. You got Fulham overachieving this season. You got Newcastle yeah. overachieving. Brighton, okay? It has been consistent even last season, Graham Potter. And now West Ham. What? What's happening with them? Everton. What's happening Crash. with them? The dynamics in the Prem have totally changed. And that's why the Premier League must be considered the best league in the world. Because even Man City are focusing now on Champions League and let Arsenal without Arteta go bold and maybe Man United as we were talking. But yes, Arsenal. Like, Arsenal. These, this, this seems to happen more than ever to Arsenal fans. Like, Arsenal fans hype up a player so much and then he ends up in their rivals, okay? It's so sad sometimes, man. And Mudrik, Mudrik puts so many hints in his stories yeah. and now he signs for Chelsea. Like, what?! What? Yeah. Like a hundred well, million. Like, oh my days. We'll oh see. But days. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm hoping maybe this is just some uh no. some you know, some ploy 
to to just run up his price tag so much that Todd Bowley goes, oh, I have to buy him. Because <laughs> to be honest, I thought I thought forty million was too much for Mudrick. I thought sixty million was too much for Mudrick. You're, you're damn right. I thought seventy million was too much. You want to spend a hundred million? Arsenal fans say Chelsea, go ahead, go ahead, deal with FFP in the future. Good luck doing that with three quarters of your team in the uh, in the physio room, not having any marketable value as it as it stands mm-hmm. at this moment. Um, by all means, Todd Bowley, if you want to spend a hundred million for Mujic, great. Mm-hmm. Arsenal fans, trust Adu, trust trust that scouting department. They will find somebody that will not cost you an arm and a leg. You don't need an arm and a leg to get it done this season. But but I, if, just... if but if Mudrik goes like if if Mudrik would have gone to Arsenal for the ninety five million seventy plus twenty five, he immediately oh would start ahead of Sako or Martinelli and either wings. He would be uh, first yeah, team and... option, the star, and Zinchenko yeah. would love that too, man. And it's just I agree, it's just a bidding war with Mudrik, and the world wants him as it seems, man. And. Do you think Modric will have a better career than João Felix? Uh, oh my gosh. They're still so young. Uh, how about this? How about this? Mm. Do I think Modric is the next coming? I know they're different uh, positions, but the next coming of Andriy Shevchenko? No. Uh, he might no. be He might be the best Ukrainian player in the next 10 years, Modric, though. And that, 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 that's, uh, worth, that's worth a lot by yeah. itself, too. Zinchenko there. You got you got Zabarny the center back too, and now Mudrik. Yeah. I like I trust what Ukraine are doing that national team. So mm, I, I I don't know, it's, man. It's weird. I love I love Rus- Ruslan Malinovsky when he was on for Atalanta it was a lot of fun to watch. He's now on loan at Marseille, which which I like that too. Marseille. Um, Lunin. So uh, Lunin uh, yeah, Lunin, Lunin. I mean, Malinovsky's not young. Uh, Mudrik is young. I Signa get it. Kov. He's young. He's impressionable. Um, Sigankov, I, just... I think that's the name from Dinam Kiev. I think. Oh yeah, Sigankov. Yeah, Sigankov. Absolutely. Move. That's another. Mikolenko. I, I, I just, I just, I, it just yes, I, I get it. He's he's got the highest ceiling for sure, Mudrik. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got the flair. You're not gonna get that excitement about Ilya Zabarni, who I mm-hmm. think could wind up being a you know Premier League center back for years and years to come, True. um, if and when he decides to go. Uh, but like. It's the you know, I just think I just think he 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 ain't worth a hundred million. It's Arsenal have an urgency for forwards. They need goals guaranteed, and like with Jesus being out more than yeah. ever, man, they're, they're they're in risk if Saka but gets like, injured, if Eddie and Ketia doesn't turn yeah. up that game, or uh, like Martinelli, like people, like goals don't go in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Odegaard didn't play too well against Newcastle. And they were already sure. like, like Arteta struggles to make one sub. Okay, when the when the game is very, very contended, contended between both. Tomayasu was the only change he did, and then you see yeah. Newcastle. There you got us. Like what? <laughs> you know. I get it. I get it. It's nice. I you know Smith Rowe is back. He's looking healthy. And Ketia is doing. You know, it's next man up mentality, which is what you want to see uh, at Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. Um, they're thin, uh, but I, I, I still think you don't need, there's no guarantee Mudrik translates. Um, so I, I think, I think I, whoever I don't gets, know the Mudrik right. gets a player that scores yeah. five goals and might have more than five assists in the Premier mm-hmm. League, Arsenal yeah. or Chelsea. So I think that's impact and Arsenal need that. That can be the difference between winning the Premier or not. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it they, you know, be. they can 
they could reverse Todd Bowley. You know, Todd Bowley, you want Mudrick for a hundred million? Why don't why don't they sneak in and steal Noni Matoeke for thirty million? Uh, because that's another guy that's on Bowley's list. Mm. Now, I think thirty million is a little too much for Matoeke coming off of a uh, injury. But like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, maybe maybe get a little a different player than Mudrick. Mm. But I, I Arsenal Arsenal can make and break make or break themselves in this transfer window, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think honestly we all agree depth is is their biggest biggest um, Achilles heel if you want to call mm-hmm. it that right and it hasn't been fully tested yet although it was close to so it really does come down to um, you know they could just try keep up with the Jones by spend 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 which I feel like Mudrick fits that or they could spend as smart as possible, bring in two, three kind of bolstering pieces that maybe have seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, seen this, I feel you know, like a T element um, would I be agree. great. I, I honestly believe he would fit right in there. And um, hell, and trying to trying to trying to pry away a Ward Prowse. Mm. Um, I know, I know. There's there's already a Ward Prowse there in the form of Odegaard. I get it, but I'm I'm thinking of guys that have been in the Premier League that have shown it. Um, that aren't exactly at the hundred million echelon right now. And, and, they're and not. They're not at that precipice. And and oh, Caicedo, you never know with him. Like whoever True. gets him, they're lucky. And it's like you're mentioning, so that position that's crucial for Arsenal with the CDM midfield. So yeah. let's let's have an inspired start bench cell with Thomas oh. Partey, Casemiro, mm. and Rodri. Who do you start a bench oh. cell? Current form. Yeah, current form right now. Like, I, I'll i say me. Like, I start Casemiro. I yeah. bench Rodri. And I sell Thomas Partey. Like, I'm going to say it. I know Thomas Partey is instrumental for Arsenal. But right. imagine Casemiro or Rodri right there, too. They would be yeah. immense. Immense. I mean, so, that's Ca- Casemiro, uh, remember a year ago, a year and a half ago, when everyone was saying... Fred can't do it. McTominay can't do it. You need you get a defensive midfielder and, you know, a, a world-class defensive midfielder, and it changes this team literally overnight. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened when they spent 70 million or 60, whatever it was, on a 30-year-old uh, serial winner uh, for Real Madrid. It took a little time, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's something like they win 80% of the time when he's on the pitch. You know, it's it's like not a not a terrible, not a ridiculous number. And when he's off the pitch, they don't win. It's more like thirty three percent of the time that they win. It's a very small sample size. But Casemiro, um, obviously, his his just alone today in Manchester City uh, mm-hmm. today over the weekend versus Manchester City. I mean, his his class is is uh, is there. And and on top of that, he's on the pitch all the time. So I, I would definitely say it's a start and a bench. Versus Casemiro and Rodri right now, I would say start Casemiro. Mm-hmm. I would say bench Rod Rodri, and because Thomas Partey is not Mister Iron Man like the other two, um, I would say sell him because his market value is never going to be higher. There you go. There uh, you so go. I agree with you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hard one, but that shows the level of CDMs. And you yeah. don't like okay, Real Madrid has Chouameni, but at the other side, if they have Frankie yeah. De Jong instead of Busquets, like. Yeah, and and people, we had a lot of we we rate Pedri, man. Okay, just want to say that too. Like, oh man, people say we don't. That was, but you know, that was hard. It's that true. was a literal. That was incredibly hard. I mean, Shuamani, Pedri, God, come on. The we have never. I, I someone actually has to do this, but like, and and you actually have to go back in time and and figure out what the what the uh, mentality was around these players back in the day. But like, I don't think we've ever had as deep 
uh, of a midfield under 23, under the age of 23 uh, worldwide. I mean, these the, the people that we're talking about, Pedri, Shuamani, they're not just stepping up for Newcastle, uh, you know, an up-and-coming team. They're not just stepping up for whatever, uh, you know, Lorient in Lyon. Uh, they're stepping up for Real Madrid and Barcelona. That's true. Um, That's true. And, and they're leading Real Madrid and Barcelona. So it's so hard. Um, and those but, midfielders, yeah. no, it's a list 100% like rate. Musiala, Jude, yeah, Pedri, Gavi, Enzo even, then there too now. Camavinga. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a long list now with so much it's, talent. It's up dizzying. Up for grabs. It is. And but before we... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just want no, to say no, before right. ending with the Prem, on my end, yeah. it's like Liverpool are now desperate for the takeover, okay, from the FSG. Like Liverpool, <laughs> as it seems, they got Gakpo because they were in, they were expecting investment of 3.5 billion, the takeover yeah. for Liverpool now. So let's wait and see who gets Liverpool. But when they have ownership, midfielders will come in 100% too. So wanting yeah. to say that. To say that. Yeah. So if, if if all our listeners have the popcorn out for mm-hmm. the race for the Premier League title, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned it earlier, the race for the relegation, the three relegation spots, it, it's going to be just as crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, Leeds United uh, rapidly, you know, just not really going anywhere any anytime fast, even if they do play attractive football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got from Leeds on down – Southampton, Wolves, Everton, I mean, uh, Bournemouth, uh, um, uh, uh, Nottingham Forest. I mean, these clubs are going to duke it out. And a lot of them have very, very different pieces of momentum right now. But Everton, man, mm-hmm. Everton, I, uh, we, we've, we've been here before. We were here last year, right? We were here last season uh, at some point before they escaped. Um, but when it comes down to it, man, this feels very, very different. I mean, they told, you ready for this? For Everton's game today, their law, for their game over the weekend versus Southampton, they told the board of directors, the club told the board of directors not to show up at the game because there were physical threats to their lives. Oh. Threats to their lives when it comes down to it. There's even a rumor out there that somebody, an official, a Everton official, or even a board of director member uh, was held in a headlock. But when it also comes down to it, you have a club that should be in much better standing than they actually are. They have this new beautiful stadium that's getting built, and they seem they have this apoplectic, kind of ridiculous, bang-your-head-against-the-wall type of ownership that I get it. Mm-hmm. The fan base is pissed off. So much so that they're not pissed off calling for Frank Lampard's head. They're going full out, you know, glazer out on this thing, right? They're going ownership out. I think, what is it, Musheri, Mu- mm-hmm. the the owner? It is sad to see this happen. I don't know. I don't know um, if Everton will survive this season. It's, I do not know. Everton fans are exposing their ownership because they see teams like Newcastle, teams like Fulham, teams like yeah. the other pond, Southampton, that are making much yeah. better decisions than them. They, 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 they're spending, yes, but not, they're not spending with quality. And there's no plan, as it seems, with transfers, in my opinion, okay? Looking overview, overview from what they've done. So, I agree. Wayne Rooney, I think, would have been, would be a, a good manager, yeah. okay? Because look what, what happened with Derby County when they were going off and they were going down, down the drain. Rooney came and he was like the hero for 
for a certain time. So I, it's just so sad, man. It's just so sad. Well, and, and it's West Ham too. I just want to say West Ham need to sack David Moyes. Mm -hmm. Like the substitutions absolutely. that David Moyes does make no sense. You get a guy like Skamaka. You have a player like Paqueta. You need to yeah. have a, not a world-class manager, but a proper elite manager in Europe, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So, and yeah. Aguert, man. Okay, great World Cup from yeah. him. So, yeah. And then I, I agree with you on that. I mean, Moyes does have to go. Um, and and um, Jared Bowen didn't become half the player overnight. I think it's it's kind of a testament to um, maybe how little they all want to fight for David Moyes right now. You know, it feels as if um, they're kind of at the end of their rope with uh, locker room support of David Moyes oh. because Jared Bowen has had such a fall off, right? Um, I don't know why I'm blanking out on the striker. The Jamaican striker, uh, uh, my Antonio, goodness. Antonio, yeah. Oh, Antonio. thank you, Mikel Antonio. Uh, you know, uh, Declan does, Rice has been yeah, has been really like the only real consistent. Um, I get, yeah. I mean, I guess consistent player for for them this season. And and I I don't know if a reset is possible, but I'm actually a little surprised uh, with how um, emotional uh, the West Ham uh, support is and how vocal the West Ham support is that they're not. 100% calling for his head. It's I mean, the stadium. I, I, it's the stadium, man. Yeah. The mystique of West Ham has changed. The mystique yeah. has changed. And mentioning mystique, man, I think it's, it's, it's right to say that there's a mystique now in the world of football that with Diego Maradona, rest in peace, Argentina <laughs> won the World Cup, and now yeah. Napoli are absolutely favorites to win the Serie A. And there's clear mystique for Diego Maradona that this is happening. There's just a feeling in the air. And thank yeah. you, man. Because, like, it seems that we're seeing history at both ends. And I want to say, we are mentioned, Palinho was an elite transfer. Andres Pereira was an elite yeah. transfer. Kvisha Kvaretskilia for 10 million. Oh, my days, what a tra transfer. He was in Serie A already. You got it. Top two player in Serie yeah. A. I'm going to say that because the discussion is between Rafaelio and Kvisha Kvaretskilia. That Rafaelio seems that he will extend okay, with AC Milan and that's why Nkunku went to Chelsea and that's another big statement from the Rossoneri. Okay, keeping a player like him. So things right. are progressing in Serie A. Big time. Uh, they, they, they are. Uh, Napoli with a 10, yeah, 10 point lead. At the top. And I get it. I get it. Allegri's Juventus. Uh, Allegri's Juventus, they had conceded. You ready for this? They had conceded, I believe, was it only seven goals? I, they had conceded oh. heading into this game at Napoli. They had conceded only seven goals previous to this. And they conceded five. Five on the day. Five on the day to Kvaretskilia, <laughs> to Victor Osimhen, to Stanislav Lobotka, to Zolinski. I mean, to all these guys. Uh, Mario Rui even got in on the front, right? He's, he's there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, though, when it mm. comes down to it, Juventus had also kept eight consecutive, eight consecutive clean sheets Oof. before this five-goal drubbing. It's kind of like, uh, sit down. Wake up. <laughs> we're here. Nap Napoli's here to disabuse you of this thought process that you might actually catch our asses at the top, okay? And that was absolutely a, just a beautiful statement led by a previously unknown 21-year-old winger from Georgia. 
mm-hmm. right? Who had one of the most turmoil filled uh, last season and a half because of what went on with Russia, what is going on with Russia, Ukraine, mm-hmm. and him having to get out of Dodge and find a new club. And Napoli was the place um, that he wanted to call home. My goodness, if he had landed anywhere else, I don't know if it would have worked. Spalletti had to be the guy for him, mm-hmm. the guy to put this team together it's- because. He's got 21 goal involvements. Kaveret mm-hmm. has 21 goal involvements in 20 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had a goal and two assists versus Juve. Juve. And then you've got Victor Osimen with 12 goals, three assists in Syria <laughs> in 14 games. And he's got 17 goal involvements in a total 17 games across all competitions this season. And the man just tore, turned 24. Oh. Right. Uh, it, it, it is a lot of fun. Min Jae Kim, by the way, is back on you know back in form mm-hmm. uh and i forget the other ramani is that his name uh, ramani yes. yes has been a phenomenal at center back for them as well and i forget to always give him credit but listen I, like it comes down to it it's a 10 point lead with plus 30 goal difference oh, I, man. I, I i i don't they're not they're not giving this up and they're not giving Oliveira, this up they're winning man. i i i love min kim i love matthias yep. Oliveira, and and it seems like even when they have Insigne going out. They have Mertens going out. Kvisha Kvaratskhelia with 14 goals and 12 yeah. assists until now for only costing 10 million. Napoli must, keep, must be considered one of the best clubs in terms of transfers this season. Contenders to yeah. win the Champions League too. So yeah. what yeah. a season. Elite. Elite at every end. And they seem and- by a lot of people selling Kolebali too. No one saw Minjay Kim being as good or better, better than Koulibaly yeah. last season. So Napoli, Cheech. great businessman. Leaving Fenerbahce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. I mean, to destroy Juve's momentum like that, like mm. to, to, to just revisit what Juve had done previous to this, Allegri did after I was calling for his head earlier this season. He did because their Champions League form is was horrendous, absolutely, well, and it just is. terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but when it comes down to it, like to destroy their momentum like that, within 14 minutes they had a goal on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they had no answer for Osimhen. Uh, they it just it, it it's really hard for people to comprehend that. You had to watch it to really just see the deflation, and it all culminated post game, post match when Spalletti was trying to get eye contact with Allegri to shake his hand. And he literally, with his hand outstretched, is following Allegri into the tunnel to just get a post-game because Allegri was embarrassed. And Juve should have embarrassed, been embarrassed. And I'm sad for Juve because you ready for this? Mm. It was Federico Chiesa's first start back. First start back since his long-term injury in the Serie A. And it would have been nice to see him ball out, but ball out he did not. Oh, so sad, man. Federico Chiesa, man. But he's back. Vlahovic, as it seems, could stay. Miretti, okay? He's playing. He's having more of an importance, too. There's a lot of positives, man. And Allegri. It's it's Allegri. Ah, man. It's so Allegri ups and downs. But I think when the contract ends up, I think he won't stay. Uh, But I'm going to say this, too. I saw a bit this news about Diego Simeone. Okay, not mm-hmm. staying until the end of this. And that, I, Diego Simeone, not staying next season at Atletico de Madrid. And I fully believe the best suited league for Diego Simeone is the Serie A. So the job for Juve, the job, for, I think Pioli's amazing for Milan. But imagine if any top job is vacant in Serie A, I could see Diego Simeone going 
for it. Okay, what well, it would yeah. be beautiful with Inter. <laughs> it yeah, would be beautiful. I, I but, agree uh, with that wholeheartedly. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, but for the money, but wow. imagine if Conte goes and Diego Simeone replaces him at Tottenham. That would be just Pep Guardiola. You'd have Eric Ten Hag. You'd have Klopp. You'd have all the top managers now in the world. Oh, Mildeus in the Premier League. It'd just be insane. Just be insane. And still no, and still no trophies for Spurs, right? <laughs> still no uh, trophies you know, for Spurs. But, but, like, how long did it take Simeone to build a culture, right? To build Atletico Madrid it's from a, a mid, mid-La Liga table team um, to a perennial contender um, right outside, you know, the Aus- right outside the Real Madrid's and the Barcelona's of the world. I mean, it, he made them not just respectable in in Spain. He made them respectable on the content. Um, and, and, and that, I mean, Spurs, obviously they've been there before, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been to a champions league final, right? <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it, it really comes and that's with, you know, some decent managers, they just can't get over the hump. And I don't necessarily know if Simeone is going to be the guy that gets him over the hump. And if he's going to do it in the Premier League, he's going to do it playing some very unattractive football. <laughs> Joe Felix can say that too, man. So it's <sighs> like Diego Simeone. Put in the comment section, who do you believe will get Diego Simeone? Because someone yeah. will. Someone will. Because, yeah, Diego Simeone was the most well-paid manager. Okay, before yeah. I think Guardiola got the extension. Hopefully, he might be still... So it's, I, people Ooh. have big, big questions. And like, you're, you're in the league with Xavi that I consider a great manager with Barca. And then Celotti, okay, that under 25, Real Madrid have Chuameni, Valverde, Camavinga, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr., Hendrik now joining the gang, Vinicius Tobias, remember yep. this youngster too. So it's, it's the competition levels insane with decision making too. Real Madrid, Galacticos do it right too. So, whoever goes to Atleti needs to keep on doing their start. Luis Enrique's the hinted name to go to yeah. Atletico and maybe the Brazil job too. I see Ooh. his name hinted for both. So, that's the speculation right now. With Luis Enrique. Okay. With Luis Enrique. All right. So, hey, Luis yeah, Enrique at, whoever gets at Brazil. At Brazil. Would you, guys would you rather? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, would you have rather had Luis Enrique over Roberto Martinez if you're swapping out Spaniards? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm going to say Roberto <laughs> Martinez is not even top five Spanish managers out there. Okay, you got uh, Guardiola better, Arteta better, Xavi better, Lopetegui better, yeah. Unai Emery better. And Luis de la Fuente seems to be better because Spain picked him over Roberto Martinez too. So wow. that's, 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 I, yeah, that's another convo, man. It's sad. It's sad. But a lot yeah. of transfers are happening. And we mentioned Pelinha. Yes. I'm going to say, we mentioned Pelinha. We mentioned, mm-hmm. I want to say, Bruno Fernandes and Pelinha both went to the Prem, joined for 85 million. How cheap is it to get players from Sporting, man? And Nunminch for 40 million, too. Those three cost 120 million leaving Sporting. Mm-hmm. Just want to say yes. that. But Befica, yes. Befica for me mm-hmm. are the are the the true the true best team doing business, yeah. okay, outside of the top five leagues. Because Befica yeah. have now signed Andreas Drup, okay, which is one of the best. 18-year-old talents in the world. And if Rafa gets, gets, gets injured, Nerj gets in, injured, Andreas 
will be the option, and I'm so excited to see it, man. Yeah, I mean, this has Roger Schmidt written all over it, Facts. right? Because because for Shelderoop, I would have 100% expected the Eredivisie, right, uh, as his next step, and and Roger Schmidt obviously Ajax. came from the Eredivisie. Uh, right, Ajax, exactly, or PSV, um, bringing him in for that number. But, yeah, for $14 million, potentially rising up, um, there's a good chance if all – I mean, my, I guess my only real worry – is you know his build mm-hmm. his build you know whether or not physicality uh gets to him as he steps up from the danish superliga mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah if uh, if you're if you're uh roger schmidt clearly went nordic because he also signed 22 year old casper tungstead and and i mean this guy this guy was like not even doing well in the danish superliga as a danish striker right and then he makes a move to Rosenberg, uh, Rosenborg, one of the the better clubs perennially in Norway. So the Dane in Norway, whereas Schelderup is the Norwegian player in Denmark. <laughs> anyway, he goes in there and he's got like twenty three goal involvements in fourteen games for one of for for one of the better teams in the league. Um, I, I think it's going to take some time for Tangstead to get you know running for Benfica, mm-hmm. but based on the the money that was outlaid, one this is a Roger Schmidt, you know it's got his paws all over it. <laughs> Two, they're they're going to turn these guys around, maybe not for a hundred hundred twenty million like uh, you know like Sporting, mm. but they're going to at least turn them around for fifty to sixty million in uh, profit. Oh, easy. Bretton, at some point I believe in the that Andre Schledrup, if he goes right, Bretton, they get the hundred million. They will only sell him for the release clause. And we're seeing yeah. that with Enzo. With Enzo, yeah. Rui Costa is clearly stating to the European giants all over the world, we got a world-class manager with Roger Schmidt. We got Rui Pedro making the decisions, getting Enzo, getting Andreas, And yeah. we are not going to sell our players for cheap. Darwin Nunes, yeah. João Felix, Ruben Diaz in the past. You got so many proper transfers done. And now... In the future, I am absolutely sure with proper results in the Champions League, Befica will be again one of the best selling clubs in the world of football. It's it's uh, consistent. You... Consistent. Yep. Jeez. Wait, was it Ben was it Benfica that lost on uh, Alcaraz or was that uh, uh yes. was that Porto? So, no 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 uh... so, Befica because like Befica the, the news was Perone and Alcaraz. Yeah. If Enzo yeah. Fernandez left, Peroni goes to Man City, uh, and now Alcaraz goes to Southampton, man. Romeo Lapia and Carlos Alcaraz don't sleep on that midfield. But South yeah, American talents, man. Like, the, yeah. uh, so many are kicking in. Yeah. And Garnacho, too, we mentioned at Man United with that assist. Mm-hmm. So lovely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic to see, but, man. Fantastic. But, oh, yeah. And, that, you know, that goes back to this particularly Argentinians right now. I mean, Velez Sarsfield racing, racing club, which is where Alcaraz come, come games from, eh, came from. There's just a lot of talent, but listen, to go back to, to Roger Schmidt, grabbing Sheldarup for uh, Benfica. Um, yes. Obviously this is still, this is low risk, high reward potential. I'm with you. I, I do think obviously if he pans out, the ceiling is like not even set yet mm-hmm. on what this kid could become. I mean, he could be what everyone thought, Odegaard was going to be at his age back in 1516 because maybe he gets brought up a whole lot better and not making that move to Real Madrid right away. Okay. So I just need to go back to where Shelderud came from Mm -hmm. because it's one of my favorite clubs in the Danish Superliga. 
All right. And it is F- FC Dorjaland mm-hmm. um, that that just knows how to give. They're, by the way, they're winning currently in the Superliga. They just lost their the top goal scorer in the league, which happens to be 18-year-old Andreas Schelderup, right? Um, and they'll likely still go on to win the league because they have such a depth of talent that, that focuses on players like not even 20, 21 years old. I mean, you're talking about, you ready for this list? Andreas Schelderup. We've got Kamaldine Suleimana, okay, at Stade Rene. We've got Mohamed Kudus coming back. Uh, great World Cup for Ghana, coming back for Ajax at this moment. Simon Adingra, who is currently bought by Brighton, but loaned to the Belgian League and has already had a bunch of goals, including a highlight reel goal. Andreas Skolvalsen, Mikkel Damsgaard, Stanislav Lobotka, who kicked Juve's butt in Syria for, uh, for Napoli, okay? They know how to give give them a chance and to sell them at a reasonable price. And their their worst their worst um I guess mistake, FC Norgeland, their worst mistake is not getting more money for each of these guys that have panned out. And if you don't know these guys, then you clearly don't necessarily, you know, follow maybe ball as molecularly as we do. Uh but Sheldarup is just another of a long list of my, you know, that you could tack on to my love affair for FC Norgeland. Um, call them the Brighton of the Superliga, um, and I think you've got it right. Uh, so it, it's just awesome to see, and I cannot wait. I want to come back to Portugal to watch Sheldrew play for you, Benfica. You saw Enzo, man. You saw Antonio Silva, and yeah. now you will see oh, yeah. Andreas, man. A hundred percent. And it's and and the proof of what you're yeah. saying is how much will Andreas leave Benfica in the future? How much does Mohamed Kudus now leave yeah. Ajax after that World Cup. It's proven talent and Archelon, great, great scouting, I must say. Just and I'll say it, that. I'll say I'll say it right now. It all comes down to their um smart, smart kind of mashup with the Right to Dream Academy, mm-hmm. right? Which pulls and gives um, African footballers a chance yep. to move on from the African setup um, into Europe. And that Right to Dream gave us Kudus, gave us Sulemana, gave us Antingra. And right behind them, guys, I'm going to say it right now, there's three to watch at FC Norgeland. Mm-hmm. If you want to find the next shelter group, you've got Ernest Nuama, 19-year-old winger, Mohamed Diamande, 21-year-old center mid, and you've got Adamo Nogalo, uh, one of their better center backs at FC Norgeland. Um, it's it's just you know it's just great to see. Um, but I I'm wishing Sheldon the best. I am surprised that he winds up at ben, at Benfica, but I am so happy that he did. So happy. He did. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And yes, transfers are happening. Put it down below the transfers that you think 100% are going to happen this January and still haven't been mentioned until now in the podcast i want to mention here on my end too man like that shakira song has more than 90 million (laughs) views okay and casio the brand casio of watches that is an iconic watch that is bold in my opinion they are now the ambassadors of the tournament of ibao with pk with old stars which great great uh great um Aye, great project in my opinion with Kunaguero sure. there involved too, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like it's like PK 
the perfect answer, being the ambassador of Casio with the Shakira drama now. Oh my days, man. He's always, he's yeah. always involved in something. And I think Pique uh, will one day become the president of Barca. Just want to say that. With Messi there, with Iniesta there, and if Xavi gets results, with Xavi there too. <laughs> yeah, you, you have said that before. You might be right. That's something to follow but uh i i don't think shakira will be happy um <laughs> if he does not listen i mean out of the out of the keeping up with the kardashians drama uh and in and into the you want to inject feel good moments into mm -hmm. your you know arm uh let's talk about how goat sebastian holler is mm -hmm. okay the man is diagnosed with testicular cancer after making the biggest move yet in his career to bo russia dortmund um, having that with it, right? The stigma of like, oh man, we just spent all this money and now this guy is sick, right? Fighting cancer, coming back from cancer, going through all that chemo and everything. In his first minutes back, it takes him, you ready for this? Eight minutes to score a hat trick. Eight, Eight minutes, minutes to score a hat trick. Oh. Okay. So how good is that? I'm I'm I'd rather focus on that feel good moment <laughs> because I can't wait to see him back. I can't wait to see the Bundesliga back. Uh, but more importantly, I want to see Haller up front, um, which doesn't bode well for Mukoku. But you know whatever. Uh, Haller man deserves everything, and uh, I, I wonder if ever faced with uh, similar prospects as as he had, I wonder if I had the same would have the same courage. Um, but my goodness, Holler so cool. elite story, Eriksen elite story, redemptions oh, yeah. are happening now in football and inspire <laughs> inspirations too. Just like I'm yeah. going to say Christian Ronaldo, in my opinion now, he's all smiles. Christian Ronaldo's yeah. all smiles in Al Nasser and meeting the Real Madrid players. You had Rodrigo shaking up and he was just so happy to be, to be involved in guiding the youth at Real. So I, I, I'm, ju I'm just happy to see him now, just enjoying the process. And the Saudi Arabian League, <laughs> if yeah. Lionel Messi goes to Ali Lal and he's earning 300 million <laughs> per year, okay? Like Saudi Arabian League will be more one of the most watched leagues in the world of football. I might say only the Prem might get more views if Messi's at Ali Lal. And Cristiano Ronaldo is a Lalna said. Every single person will start tuning in more to the Saudi Arabian League because these two, the rivalry, the drama, everybody will want to know the latest scoop and the impact. Yeah. It's insane. And man. then and then they'll go bankrupt after a year or two. No, or they'll they'll get they'll get annoyed. Media. They'll get so, annoyed with their, their shiny objects. Here's the issue. Social one media player exists. one player does not in fact make a team. A right? Team? So, so when it comes down to it, the, the drop-off of talent between, you know, having a Messi on your team and then, you know, playing another, you know, El, El Garage or, or one of the other um, uh, teams in the league, uh, if you actually, if you're buying a shiny object to make people look at your team, that's great. The Chinese Super League have done that. The NASL did that in the 1970s. Different. The Chinese Super League had to, well, they spent... They didn't spend, you know, they spent a lot in transfer fees. I mean, a lot. If you adjust it for inflation, uh, this was 2010 heydays. You remember what they spent for Hulk? You remember what, what they spent for a lot of these other different. guys? Very different. It, it, it is different, but they're buying a 37, they're buying two players and spending 500 million on two players. In fact, it's stupider. No, it's dumber. I, I, in I my don't opinion. agree. I don't agree. It's and I'm going to explain why it's dumb to say that. Because Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nasser. 
have like now 10 million followers on social media. They're going to do yeah. a bid for the World Cup. The power of marketing that a Messi to Ali Lal and a Ronaldo now at Al Nasser is doing is immense. It's sportsing yeah. are looking at Al Nasser thinking, why didn't he come? to sporting and have that impact with us and now he's having it in the saudi arabian league and i really so don't think it's the same as the chinese that, super league i really don't you're saying that indirectly they're buying essentially they're currying favor for a bid even if they're not explicitly calling him um you know a rest yes for yes, a saudi arabian bid it's, it's an true. indirect way of getting people like they're Saudi Arabia is not getting the 2030 bid. I'll say it right now. They will not get it eight years after Qatar got it. They're not going to. Geographically, it doesn't necessarily happen, except if it necessarily has to. Um, you know, and if Sepp Blatter was still in charge, you know, maybe it still would happen because you could grease a few palms like they did for 2022. But listen, 2030 in Saudi Arabia is not happening. It's not. Mm, I think even I... if you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, even if you've got Lionel Messi. I not wouldn't happening. be surprised, man. I'm being honest, man. I, if it happens, I'll be, okay, it happens. And I, the 2030 vision, I think they're trying to advertise that too. And it's the eyeballs, man. I really, let's see. Let's see. Tell us down below. It's what do you think? Will this happen? Will Messi join the league too? Like, or is it just talk? Or is it just talk? It could be just talk. Probably talk. Mm -hmm. just, just, like, just like all those followers of uh you know of cristiano's new club they're fleeting when cristiano steps down when he moves on mm -hmm. you think they're gonna still follow him on instagram what cristiano ronaldo yeah they follow the player not the team ah yeah 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 the cristiano cristiano yeah yeah i think i think they'll still follow on that set but not the only as much, guy that the only guy that's gonna still be out there is speed Still waiting to see whether or not Cristiano Ronaldo will ever play in a game that he actually attends, right? <laughs> but Cristiano Ronaldo's legacy, like in terms of fans, I know I'm kidding. You'll always I'm have kidding. them. You'll always have. Them. And I of think, of course, athlete. They follow the man. He's more inspirational yeah. than Michael Jordan for me personally. And I think, like, not in the states, but outside, like India, like Asia, Africa, Cristiano Ronaldo different seen, times seen much more of an inspiration than a LeBron James than. Like, maybe Visha, Colby, in India. Like, he's an icon. He's, he's huge. And yeah, I mean, a lot of that comes... But a lot of that comes down to the fact that the sport is the sport, right? <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I hear you. I mean, the I'm crickets. not even going to argue the fact that LeBron, LeBron James is whatever. <laughs> no, I, I get that. Cricket sport, too. It it stops and ends, um, <laughs> you know, in certain, certain areas. It's spread, essentially, with the English Empire, right? With the British Empire back in the day. So I... I, I get all that, but no, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo is the most followed person on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, they spent 300 million to drop in a bucket for them, right? For whoever's buying them. Um, but when it comes down to it, it is, it's one of the stupidest contracts ever. Um, but it, it doesn't, I don't, whatever their stated goal is, um, if it gets them closer to that stated goal and the money is kind of endless there because of, you know, whatever drives their economy, by all means, it's funny money, man. Get it done. If Cristiano gets paid, great. But when it comes down to it, don't tell me that, you know, the infrastructure of the Saudi league is going to automatically, you know, we're going to have 10-year uh, TV deals that are going to watch past at least one year. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo pays, plays more than 18 months in Saudi Arabia. And I'm I, calling it now. If that happens, like if it's 18 months that he, that he yeah. stays in Saudi Arabia – 
I think Saudi yeah. Arabia will be a top five league in terms of viewership in the world within no. there. Within there. No. I really think that's going to be the case. They like this. Now this may, a game against maybe, Messi. Two million tickets maybe, were, were requested. <laughs> it's like, uh, Yeah, but I mean, like maybe from a team, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but you're going to trust the financials that come out of there, right? You're going to trust every, every stat that comes out of there. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I will... Are they going to show Cristiano Ronaldo's games currently in Portugal? Yeah, they will. They're trying to buy the okay. rights. Both. Both. They're trying and to buy I, the rights. For, for, for the Saudi Premier League or for the Saudi, just the league, the club? The league. The league. The league. Right. They're, 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 right. they're trying to, you can only... to buy the rights. I think they're trying to buy the rights to watch Ronaldo play. I am. I, I, I can say by fact that I know they're trying. Oh, I'm sure I'm I'm sure they're trying to. It's just whether they're probably going to have to overpay in order to obviously get it. Uh, beyond it's a bidding war, it's a bidding war. It, right it, now. It, so it, it, a lot of it it just seems so short term to me that the sugar rush will eventually wear off. Mm -hmm. um, and where where do they go if if they really want to become a big league? They want to become a big league for viewership. You better line up the next Cristiano Ronaldo, like <laughs> stat. You better do it soon. You better get Neymar. Next. Yeah. And then if you can't get Neymar, you better, uh, I don't know, entice Mbappe with $750 million and a place in their new their I, new line of a city that they want to build in the desert. By all I, means, I um, keep, keep bringing in the goats because otherwise uh, you're going to have to land on your actual infrastructure that you're building. And right, Benzema, your actual man. league infrastructure. Even Benzema, yeah. like a Ballon d'Or winner, I think Benzema could go to the Saudi league after Real Madrid. You know where we, we never know. I... I would love Benzema to go Algeria. I would love Benzema to go. I would love to mainstream mm. African football so much more right now because there's so much heritage and there's so much, uh, so much from Africa has been given to football uh, in the form of guys like, you know, Didier Drogba, Samuel Eto. Uh, we know Kareem Benzema was born in France, but he's Algerian. Zinedine Zidane was born in France, but Algeria, I mean, there's just so much mm -hmm. that stems from Africa, I would love to see. Uh, I would watch it. I would watch the the uh, what is it the the CAF um, Champions League, right? I would watch that in a heartbeat. Um, so I, I would love to see guys go back to to you know those teams. Um, hell, I mean you you line up uh, Kareem Benzema from Mamelodi Sundowns, and you've got me you've got me definitely uh, tuning in if if I can. Interesting, um, but, interesting. But people, put down below what you think about this with Ronaldo, yeah. with the Saudi League. What are your what are your comments on it down below? And if you're listening until now, please, people, do not forget to like this video and subscribe to FC Wonder Kid on YouTube down below. Please, people, go bold. And, and you have any any comments at the end, Brenton? No, no. <laughs> I, I mean another another awesome week of. Uh, of football ahead but yeah please get get involved tell us what you want to uh what do you want to see from us more you want interviews you want to sit what tell us what we uh what we need to hear don't hold back mm -hmm. um but i'm just i'm just happy to be in 2023 here and um and getting it started we're only 14 days in man this is gonna be a fun year facts facts and again people you heard Bretson. put down below your thoughts and again thank you for going bold and listening until now